Hey guys, so we are starting this series for our student ministries at the bridge called uh, One Big Question, which is an ironic name because we're going to be tackling a bunch of questions. Uh, but uh, what where this comes out of is in our small groups at the church, each group of different ages comes up with one big question. And it's a question that comes from students, so it's really pretty cool to see the way that students are thinking and the things that they want to know in ministry because it's not it's not really what we think sometimes. And so we're going to get this started uh, with, we recently were studying uh, the Great Commission, Matthew 28. And one of the questions that came out that we're going to start this series off with is, is baptism required for salvation. And this is this came out of our high school group and it's an interesting question. You think about the things that high schoolers think about and what came out of that group was not you know, what does it mean to um, learn and obey all the things that Christ commanded, uh, not to go and make disciples or anything like that. It was is baptism a requirement. And so want to start this one by you know kind of creating some guidelines the one thing i don't want to do in this particular talk because it'll get way too long is uh, I, I don't want to talk about what happens in baptism uh is there you know what's the supernatural part of baptism that happens in the life of a believer i really want to try to just stick to the question of is it required and i mean the the base answer for that, for me anyway, and I know there probably there's a bunch of different perspectives on this. The base answer for me is no. It's not required for salvation. And there's a couple of reasons that I come to that conclusion. And again, there's people that will and probably should disagree with me because I'm not the uh, the expert on anything biblical. I'm just a guy doing the best that I can. Um, you know, I look at, for example, in Romans 10, you know, verses 8 through 10, you know, the word is near to you in your mouth and in your heart that is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Now I want to take that and what Paul says there, and I want to say, I want to take it at face value. That the idea of salvation, the whole, the whole process of salvation, uh, begins with faith. Okay, we believe. We, we hear about what Jesus has done for us. And we believe it. We have faith in it. We have a, um, uh, a faith in something that we haven't seen physically, but we trust in the information that we've been given in God's Word. We trust the Spirit moving within our hearts to say, yes, this is actually real. We can believe that Jesus is who He says He is, the genuine article. 
and we can confess it. We can say it back to God. We can tell God that which he already knows is God the Father already knows that Jesus is the Son of God, and he is the way of salvation. What we're doing when we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord is we're just telling God what he already knows. We know now what you know, God, and we believe it. And so by faith, it's salvation that uh, our salvation comes through faith in Jesus Christ. One of the easiest routes to take to this is the, is the thief on the cross with Jesus. Uh, when, when the thief on the cross is being crucified with Jesus, and there's this whole scene where, um, you know, people are, are coming at Jesus, they're coming at him hard with their words, and, you know, you've got these two thieves on either side of him that are, are being crucified with him, and one of them, one of them comes to the reality that Jesus is who he says he is. He, he has that moment in which, uh, of what Paul talks about in Romans 10, where he believes that Jesus is who he says he is. And it's at that point when Jesus says to this thief on the cross, he says, uh, today you'll be with me in paradise. And, and that's a... Um, you know that's that's a that's a game changer in terms of when you look at um, salvation and baptism. Because by the way, that story comes from Luke twenty three, uh, verses thirty nine through uh, forty three. Uh, when you look at that, that criminal was told by Jesus, "Today you'll be with me in paradise," and he didn't have time to get baptized. He did not have time. Was it required? Did Jesus say, let's make sure you get baptized before you die on this cross right next to me? No, he didn't say that. Uh, and so that's at least one clue as to what, um, you know, that so that's your salvation is not contingent on your baptism. That being said, the question becomes if Baptism is a, an outward, at least, as part of what it is, is an outward sign of our, of our affirmation of our faith, our public declaration of who we are in Christ. Because let's face it, if we say part of walking the Christian walk and living the Christian life is walking like Jesus did, Jesus was baptized. Now, clearly, Jesus did not need to get saved. However, he was saved and he said, uh, in the Gospels, that he was baptized in order to fulfill all righteousness. Does that mean that he needed to be saved? No. But he gave us a demonstration of what it looks like uh, for what he was going to do. And, you see, Paul talks about this in, um, in Romans chapter 6. And he says, he says this in Romans chapter 6, verse 5 and following. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if 
we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die, he will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God, so that you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Okay, so he's talking here about what it looks like for Christ followers to be Christ followers in putting away the old self. Okay, Jesus dies and is raised again. And when we say yes to God's yes, what we are doing is we are making that same declaration that we are dying to sin and we want to be made alive again in Christ. And so prior to that passage, the reason I read that passage first, because I want you to understand what Paul's talking about here, is he's talking about the old self being crucified in the same way that Jesus was crucified. But before that, in chapter 6, verse 1, he says, What shall we say then? Are you to continue to sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who have died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ, Jesus, were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him in baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead, by the glory of the Father, we might walk in renewed, in the newness of life. So you see, what, what Paul's doing here, I think, is he's connecting Jesus' death, going into the grave, coming alive again, with the symbolism of baptism, and what we say we're going to do publicly is that we're going to go down into the water, we're going to get buried in the water, we're going to come out of the water again as a new person. Not that that did anything, but it is a public demonstration of what we believe happens to us when we say yes to Jesus. And so that's where I want to see young people see the value of baptism. It's not as a requirement for their salvation or even as a means to salvation. Step one is do you really believe that Jesus is Christ, Son of the living God? Do you by faith believe that he is who he says he is? Are you committed to living for him and walking with him and learning to walk in the way that he wants us to walk? Um, just like it said back in the Great Commission where we started this conversation, when Jesus tells the disciples to teach them to obey all that he has commanded, are you willing to be that and do that? And if you are, Baptism simply is a public display of you saying yes in front of everybody to what God wants to, wants to, to see in you. Um, you know, to not get baptized but be a believer in Jesus is kind of like trying to be on a football team and not wanting to wear the jersey. I mean, that's probably a little uh, understated. That's probably a, a weak analogy, but it's the best I can come up with on a Saturday morning. Um, it's that I, I want to be on the team, but I don't want anybody to know I'm on the team. Um, or I don't really want to claim that. And so, you know, I, to me, if you're a young person who is considering baptism, I would backtrack and say, okay, first off, do I truly believe that Jesus is, is Lord? 
Secondly, if I do believe he's Jesus, that Jesus is Lord, uh, do I want to make a public declaration of what that means, that the old self is going away and the new has come? I'm seeing that happen in my life, and I want to, I want to share that with the world and with my church family and so that we can, um, we can celebrate together. That's really, for me, uh, where baptism falls in the lives of, young pe- lives of young people. So take that for what it's worth. Again, there's probably a lot of different things that you could say on this topic. There's probably a lot of things that I left out, um, and I'll leave it at that. Uh, We'll get back at you with our next big question that comes from our group.